Welcome to Amazon Seller Insights. This is a series where we chat with experts who are crushing it on Amazon or in the e-commerce space. And we're here to get some great insights, a few stories and some inspiration to help fuel your Amazon business. If you'd like to check out the video version of this episode, don't forget to go to YouTube, go to Seller Insights at Zonguru's channel, and that's Zonguru with a Z. If you want to connect with us on social channels, check us out at Zonguru for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Check us out right now at Zonguru. We have an awesome guest today, Eitan Wiener, all the way from Jersey. Uh, welcome and good to have you on the show. Thanks, Sean. Uh, nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today. Obviously, um, you know, uh, is it co-founder or founder of Gatita? Uh, neither. Neither, I, yeah. You, you, I didn't co-found or found. <laughs> I invested on the CEO, which yeah, is yes. not too shabby. But I, yeah. I, 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 I'll tell you a little story about how I got into it and then how I had a different software in the past, but I'm not. I'm neither of those. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, good, good. And, and actually for good reason. And I think that, that, that'll come up in the story because... Um, you know, the reason of why you got into Gatita. Um, so, so we'll get to that in the journey, but um, yeah, I'm excited today. Uh, you know, there's a fascinating background. I think most people in the industry know of you um, and, and Yanni and, and Gatita um, and importantly, just what you're doing for the community and for, for the space. So uh, I'm excited to, to have you on today. Um, and we, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit today about um, your journey, but, but I think, uh, as it applies to to you being a, a, a savvy businessman who who uh, have had success along the way, um, and and how you've taken that success and kind of doubled down on it um, to kind of to kind of get to where you are today, and then and then hopefully looking to uh, the future a little bit as it applies to Amazon. So I think this is going to be super inspiring and insightful for anybody listening, uh, particularly around that theme of like it's 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 not this quick rich scheme of Amazon is actually applying proper business principles for long-term growth and scalable wealth over time. And I think that's uh, applicable to all of the journeys that you've taken. So I'm going to shut up for a second and let you let you talk about your background and how you got to where you got. I like yeah. that theme. I like those, as, as discussed, I like those points. I like talking yeah. more real and not uh, making everything sound wonderful because I think it's important. So Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, so let's go back a few. Uh, uh, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be 2012, somewhere around there. Or, or uh, actually, no, it's 2000. I mean, depends what you want to start. But 2008 is when I kind of got into nice. my first company that eventually became more an Amazon-centric company. Um, gotcha. You want me to talk about the, the beginnings, yeah. or yeah. okay? So just it could be long. I'll do the the medium version. But it was a. I was actually in dental school. Um, I didn't like dental school. Um, most of my, you got, you got good teeth anyway. It's good. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, they're okay. I, um, most of my family doctor or doctors or dentists, my friends, and I was like the thing. And I actually like science a lot. For some reason I had a really bad, uh, experience and I just like, it just wasn't for me. So I like took a leave and I was like, what the hell am I going to do? And I had, you know, I had a kid on the way. I was married. I was young and I was like, Okay. And I just, <laughs> I found some job in the city, some internship with a digital marketing agency. And that's when like SEO was like very new and hot in 2008. And I kind of took a liking to that. And I learned a lot and I was working, doing search engine optimization and PPC for, for small businesses and some e-com companies. And then I kind of found um, 
my original partner who had a telecom business who had sold some telecom businesses and he kind of wanted to do an online play. So it was like B2B lead gen for telecom parts and services, right? His whole point is correct is like, no one's calling distributors anymore. Everyone's Googling parts and services. And this is, again, this is like 13 years ago, but he was right. Uh, It's still a little tricky, but it's true. So we're like, what if we just came up and searched for all the products and all the solutions and we just, you know, sourced the product and made a cut or whatever. So we kind of tried to do that. And then it was called WiMAX. Now it's called LTE and now it's 5G and then all these other things. But this is like the beginning, beginning of that. Mm. And we actually did that and we built networks all over the world. Actually, uh, in Australia, we did something in, in, in the Virgin Islands. We did something in the States. We did something in the Panama Canal. But the point is, it's like a long sell cycle, find the deal hook up with the right service provider and the training. I learned a lot about technology and solutions, which I liked, but it was also, that was like the implementation, but the, uh, the online part was like how to get this traffic and how to capture leads. Cool business, profitable, but like very slow sales cycle working with governments and big systems. So we kind of accidentally tried to mess around with listing stuff online. So not the cell towers, but like the end user devices so there's these cell repeaters or nodes or hotspots when that was very niche. Yeah. Uh, cellular backup, GPS tracking, also very niche then. Now it's much more popular. And we started listing stuff on eBay uh, with my other partner. We were very young and didn't know what we were doing. We started selling. We started selling more. We built a Magento site. We started selling even more. And we were representing some of these niche brands that had good product. And they just had no idea how to market. We just used best practice. YouTube, SEO was kind of much easier than to sell. And we went from a few hundred thousand to a few million. And then we hit Amazon, which was interesting. So the first month we did like $4,000. And by the end of the year, so it was like April, by the end of the year, we did like over 500000 in a month. Now we had gotten Damn, a bit scattered. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we had gotten a bit scattered. Maybe not at that point. But we were really just selling a lot more of these products. And even mm-hmm. a better margin in many regards, because again, this is like 10 years ago, less competition. We had almost exclusivity there and we did a really good job and we made bundles and solutions. So this is 2012-ish. This is 2011, I think. I was it one is, of like yeah. the first like key okay. FBA sellers that had a lot of cool support at Amazon, which we'll talk about. But then we kind of got a little, it was very addictive, which it can be now as well, but very different. So it was like we just started selling a lot and we kind of got scattered and that we were selling things that were not within our niche right and that's not mm-hmm. always good right just getting thin so like we started selling hard drives and arbitrage and we're making products and we're doing refurb in europe we're like all over the place so it was cool because it grew a lot i think we grew from like three to 30 million in like two years i don't know if we made a penny maybe a little maybe enough to pay the bills but nothing significant because we were just like going crazy um so good and bad but the good is that I learned a lot. I learned every, I learned how to export, how to sell internationally, the whole tax situation, foreign exchange, you name it. Um, but then basically as the company grew, we're like, like, you know, similar to what a lot of people are seeing now. Like, what's the point of the business? Can you sell it? Can you, what are you going to do? So we, we pivoted a lot. And my partner came up with this whole uh, branded bundle model. So we came up with this model brand called Blue Coil. It was an accessory brand. We would bundle it with other solutions and have our own dedicated ASINs and listings on Amazon. So we had the higher end or, or niche technology products. Instead of selling them just as a onesie or, or just being a reseller, which is not so much value, we would make a solution. So for example, you have this podcasting mic over there. We would we actually sold those. But we would sell the filter and the, the, the clamp and everything. We have our own page and our own brand. And the brands, the, the vendors liked it because 
we added value because we made a whole solution. And the customers liked it because it had everything they needed. And we would actually use real data and feedback and look what wasn't working and what was to suggest better solutions and to actually build it. So we went from you know a few hundred to thousands or even tens of thousands of variation listings. We would start by like you know doing MFN shipping and then we would do FBA when it scaled for all these different variation bundles. So one would have, you know, even one product could have like 15 different variants. So it's a little right. hard so to do logistically, yeah. but um, it works. Let me, let me just ask a question right there just to kind of stop, jump in. Sure. Um, what did you attribute that that insane growth uh, and, 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 you know, kind of expansion Two in terms of your 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 personality, your partners, or, or the 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 collaboration of the two of you, because I mean that's an insane story of just executing um, and and just jumping into a whole bunch of different things and and trying them, but most importantly executing. Like it's it's very it sounds like okay, great, you guys went on, but it's actually it's pretty all consuming, I'm sure, and and it's yeah. actually hard to execute and expand like that. Um, as you did, you know, whether it was rightly or wrongly yeah. in, in all those directions. But what what is that inside? Like, what was the, the attribution to that success to be able to do that? Is, yeah. it, is it a personality thing? Is it just all-consuming? Or is it like you guys yeah. had a process? Like, how did you get into all of this? That's a good question. I never really get that <laughs> one. Um, people overlook that. We were just really intense, working really, really hard, like nonstop, I mean, within reason. Uh, looking for products, trying to fire the right people, find the right software, find the right warehouse, outsource the warehouse, just like you name it, whatever we need to do. It was just like a yes, a yes attitude where like you guys would just talk and be like, okay, we're going to do that. And then by tomorrow you were like, okay, we've executed on it. Like was it like, just like a... Yeah, yeah, very quick decisions and like just moving quickly and kind of learning sometimes the hard way and then continuing to evolve. But you know, lots of flights and trips and shows and eventually hiring and systems and software, just like all out. But again, the only reason we were able to do this because we already had access to product at a good price. We already had credit mm-hmm. lines. We already had some credit built. We already had some cash. So it wasn't, you know, there's a lot of factors. But once we kind of like had that, we just like really went heads down to grow the revenue. And I guess that's that's somewhat of the answer. Um, what, what what was the what was the motivation there? Was it was it the cash or was it the, the building the business or or we a little bit of both? Or think, was it again, just like I, I, unfortunately we weren't really making much money, and I don't even know the number as well, which we'll talk about and why that's important because it was just like wild west crazy growth. I think it was just I wanted to grow and scale and understand, and I figured like I'll figure it out later, which sometimes works like fake it till you make it, but sometimes it's a little reckless. Uh, and it, it's, it's a reckless, challenge I mean, for cash flow. It's a challenge for reality, but uh, I guess it worked to a certain extent. It wasn't easy. I didn't have a big picture. I had I did a podcast yesterday with someone actually from Australia who does like um, podcasts for people who let's say sold their businesses about like selling and buying. Sure, sure. Um, and he asked me like, when you were building it, like, did you think of like what was going to happen in the future? And <laughs> and this isn't a lot of these sell- selling your business folks, but as opposed to people who kind of think about it, I didn't even have like the nearest like imagination of selling my company. I was just like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm like young, like, let me just like do something. And then over, over time I got quite sophisticated, but sure. I had no goal. I had no vision. It was just like, figure it out. Honestly, it was very primitive, but over, as I'll tell you over the last few years or four years before I sold, I got much more mature and, we got much more aligned and, and value driven than just like blitzing yeah, it, you know, it's, everything. It's, it's an interesting insight, but I, but I think, you know, you and I have, have had businesses long enough that I think 
um, that kind of focus and and vision and 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 everything else comes with time, and it's almost like you have to go through some of the hoops in the yeah. beginning. And and I think that insight around, and I see this across successful entrepreneurs, is sometimes you don't necessarily have all the answers, and it's important not to have all the answers. But what you're really good at at the time is executing, and it's like okay, we have an idea. We're going to focus on this. We're going to execute it. We're going to get it done, and then we're going to move on to the next. And and those are the entrepreneurs that usually are extremely successful because they they get an idea, but they're so fast at turning it around and seeing if it works or not. And then yeah. just as fast we'll continue with it, or just as fast we'll move on to the next. And those are the guys that just kind of yeah. iterate and do well. And I think it's a that that that's a a summary of the of your personality at that time, which has got which got you where you needed to yeah. get to to start building a business. Yeah. You know? No, it's interesting. I never really thought about it that way. I mean, I just talk, I, I, it's kind of like a rite of passage, but again, I didn't go to business school. I didn't really know anything. I don't know finance. I, so I just learned it really the hard way. Uh, that was like my, uh, you know, boot camp, like for, for te- like my eight year boot camp. And then I kind of got sophisticated, but I'll tell you and all the listeners, like, of course, just every day you learn more. Like now, okay, I sold my company, but maybe, maybe I didn't do that right. Maybe I should have done like, you always live, you know, it's always like, you know, it's hindsight is twenty twenty, but, uh, it's a, lot, it's a lot about the journey, right? Like, what do you learn and how do you get better as you go along? So you see these fancy CEOs or successful people, like they've failed a lot, which I want to emphasize, but also they learn hopefully from their mistakes to do it better. So now I have another company. How can I do it better? Think about the future. Look at, look at the P&L even, every day, even though I don't want to uh, or I don't like to. And that's how, you, that's how you grow. It really doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time and I'm, I'm still learning a lot. Hey folks, a quick shout out for Zonguru. Zonguru is an all-in-one toolset for Amazon private label sellers, a world-class powerful toolset to help you scale through data insights and automation. Looking for product ideas for more traffic, more customers, or ways to automate and scale, our exclusive partnership with Amazon and Alibaba.com integrated with our data-centric software toolset will help you hit your goals. Check us out at zonguru.com and start your free trial. Let's go to that, that sale of the company. How, how did you? Yeah. How did you get to there, or, or what was the decision around that? Yeah. So we were kind of burnt out in some ways. It was a while, but as I alluded to, we pivoted the model, so it was more profitable. Mm. It was value-added bundle model. We had a lot of exclusive brands. It was a cool business. Um, a little hybrid of a bunch of things like reselling, private label, agency, logistics, software. Um, and like, I don't know, we kind of, I, I was kind of burnt out and wanted something new and challenging. I'm very entrepreneurial. And I, I was already doing a bunch of things and trying to stay focused, but I think I saw, I did kind of whatever I could. And I think my partner also wanted to kind of move on. And there's only so much you, you, so, so much you can get on your own. I don't know, maybe we should have raised more money. I, there's different things that in hindsight, what I could have done, but the point is we decided to sell and we went through a whole process. It took over a year between finding the banker or the broker and the acquirer. And then we actually sold to a public company called Advantage Solutions, which is a, a retail consumer product company that has a lot of presence in you know Walmart and Target and the like for physical goods, but they're not really online so much. So they're trying to build their digital division. They had bought a few Amazon companies, resellers, agencies, and they're trying to build that. So they wanted to do that so they could you know hopefully hand us a lot of the thousands of brands that they had to build uh, Amazon or Walmart you know online offering. That that was kind of the vision and idea. Uh, easier said than done, but you know that's what we did, and we sold. I worked. I worked for them for a year, which was the year of 2020, which was an interesting year, and that was that. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, and and 
just out of interest, how, how is it doing now? Um, I'm not there anymore. I think right. the company grew a lot. Uh, what's interesting based on what I told you is since we sold a lot of these tech products because of COVID, that was a huge demand. So everyone wanted Bam. to podcasting mic yeah. more than I could ever imagine. We couldn't get enough inventory. So of course, for a month, like the whole world ended and we were afraid because, you know, it affected our numbers and our performance. But then all of a sudden it was crazy. We actually mm. did a lot of SFP because that FBA was shut down and thank God I had that availability. So our sales like blew up and we couldn't get enough inventory and I had to align with a huge company's infrastructure, which is super hard. I worked my ass off. It was a really, really hard year, but the company grew a lot despite pandemic. And I don't really know exactly how they're doing now because I'm not privy to it, but I, I think it's pretty strong. Uh, a lot and of around, some yeah. of the people have left, some new have come over. So I wasn't really involved in that. I was kind of like had enough. I tried to give over whatever I could, but um, yeah, it's this it's interesting uh, transition. Uh, uh, kind of a question on that because I know obviously the goal, right, of, of sellers is, is to sell the Amazon business, at least the first one at, at some point and, and start the next one. Um, and in that process, there's obviously contract negotiation, the handover, et cetera. Um, it sounds like in your in your deal, when you sold it, is that, is that part of that was like, you need to stay on for a year um, at least a year or, or whatever to, to kind yeah. of handle the transition. Um, thoughts on that in, in terms of like, like, Hey, was that, was that hard to motivate for because you were literally working, you know, you're working for someone now, um, or, or was that like built into kind of like the incentive and what they paid you out on or, or, or if you yeah. did it differently, would you do it so that you didn't have that year built into the contract where you had to be with them? Just, just kind of come kind of your insight around that yeah. and how people can learn so, from, from that. So unfortunately, I can't share much because it was like a very right, sure. public company and private deal. But high level, I, I, they, no, no one can really force you to stay. I was pretty transparent that I'm not long term, mm. but I'll do all I can to transition. Uh, and I really tried my best. Um, it's hard. Um, some people could stay a long time at acquirer. I'm the type of person that really, not that I can't have a boss. I just need to kind of like create and innovate and iterate. I can't do that in such a big company. I tried, um, but I didn't, I knew I wouldn't be long-term. So I was transparent. The trick actually is when, when someone wants to buy you and they say, Hey, John, like, you know, how long are you going to be with us? Or why are you selling? Right? Like, right? like, are you selling us a bad, you know, bad deal? Like, why are you like, what, what what's going on? So you have to like politically say like, yeah, everything's great. It's awesome. But like, I need to move on. Or I feel like I took it to where I can get and you can add more value, which is really true. Um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm a little burnt out because I put my life and soul into this yeah, company and I just yeah, want to yeah. break. I need someone yeah, to take this great. beautiful yeah. thing over and grow it. It's yeah, got so yeah, much yeah. potential. I, I, <laughs> I laid the runway for you. Like you guys are going to kill yeah. it. Like I'm happy yeah. to like do what you need, but I need to like move on and I'm happy to help. Um, so I didn't have to stay, but I obviously... There's certain yeah. performance incentives usually in the deal. Sure. So, so, and also I want, you know, I wanted my employees to migrate, which they did. And I wanted everyone to be aligned because that's, you know, my legacy as well. So, you know, it's kind of a loaded topic, but, but a high level, that's kind of the, the, what went down. Yeah. It's, it's an important piece and, and it's, it's kind of like the emotional aspect of, of handing over your baby and, and importantly, uh, which which you get it and I get it as CEOs is is the culture and and the and the families that you supported and and hopefully can be yep. continue to be supported by the new company right so, so there's a lot of emotion in that um, so so when you got through that and you were finally kind of out of it how many days did you take off before you were onto the next venture two <laughs> one day <laughs> two uh, weeks 
Well, I was, you know, last night uh, this guy asked me, like, did you celebrate or like, you know, buy something or go out with your wife? I was like, actually, the day after I sold, I had to go do inventory in LA and like start onboarding and all this crazy stress. So I never really had time to absorb it or or Mm. think about it or enjoy. Hopefully I'm trying to now, but I was already kind of thinking about my next move because I'm not the kind of guy who really knows how to sit still for better or worse. And I need to be challenged. And it's really not just about money. It's not just about, it's about, you know, experience and goodwill and helping. And at least where I'm now, we can talk about that a bit. Like it's a company that's really fun and exciting and I think value added. Um, so I'm lucky to be here. I was actually involved with these guys before. I could tell you that little story if you want, how I got yeah, here. Sure. But, but the answer is there was very little downtime in a good way. Cause I was there mm. for like six months and then I was like weaning off. And then I was already thinking about, this move, I, and I don't know if it would work, but thank, thankfully it did. So there wasn't that much downtime, if any. Yeah, let's talk about that in, in terms of you know getting involved in Katita and and yeah. now now you're coming from the from the aspect of being um, you know a, a business buyer, right? Um, and and obviously what what plays into that is exactly what you had just been through selling your business, but from yeah. the other side, which is okay, like like what's the potential of this business? What are the relationships? What you know? What what are the what's the yeah. culture? You know, what, is this going to be fun? All you know, all the things that go through your mind. So. So maybe just talk a little bit about how that came about yeah. and, and how you evaluated the, the yeah, so it's a, it's a really cool story, but I'll keep it brief and I'll try to touch on those points. So in 2011 or whatever we said, when I started selling on Amazon, I noticed lots of issues with FBA and discrepancies, probably more then than now because it was just really new. And I actually built a tool in-house to kind of do similar to what Katita does because I knew I saw the loss. And obviously, we had low margins, right? So if you're working on 10 eight, 6% margins, you know, if you can get 1% back, that's like 20% of your margin to the bottom line. Mm. Uh, so I built some tool, um, kind of primitive. Some guy kind of ran with the idea, which is another funny story. And he was like the first to market and he did really well. What was the name story. of the company? I forget. Yeah, no comment. Okay. But, uh, okay. okay. Uh, I, I don't remember no the company. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, anyways, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. You should be well and successful. But the truth is it wasn't really that <laughs> great. It wasn't that... Um, yeah. impactful. And I was like, there's got to be a better solution. I don't want to build. I always struggled with, should I build software? Am I a software company? Am I a reseller? Like that was another kind of mm. a lot of wasting time and money in my career. But, you know, I learned, um, I want to offer software solutions as like you see now that you built in house. Actually, that's what Katita did on their end, right? They had it in house mm. and they rolled it out as a, as a SaaS, which is hard, but, but great. Mm. Usually, as you know, the, the best tools are really built by sellers. They may not know how to go to market, but hopefully if they do, it's, it's cool. So I didn't fully do that. Probably Maybe I should have. But the point is I bounced around between some other reimbursement tools and in-house. And ironically, I actually met Max Agnonia from Katita at Prosper, which is the show I, I helped to found in 2016. And then I met them there in 2018. I was going around to some of the vendors. This is before we sold the show. And I was like trying to just you know, say hello and whatever. Thank you. And I was like, what do you guys do? And it was, I didn't even know who they were. And they kind of went pretty deep into how they do it and why it's different. And obviously it's close to me based on my background with this stuff. And I, I gave them a shot and they did a very good job on my account. And they went really deep and then we did some beta stuff and we were just like doing cool R&D in a, in a way. And I became good friends with them because they actually live near me as well. And more specifically, when I sold my company, Almost fifteen percent of my bottom line income, but that was from reimbursements to the bottom line. So if I'm yes. making, you know, if I'm making ten percent, and they're getting me back one, 
or 1.5 or 0.9, there you go. That's, 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 uh, that could be 20%, that could be 15%. So as most of you guys know, right? So if you sell a business as a multiple of income, so every dollar could be four or five, six, seven, whatever the multiple is. So, so, so more specifically, like it actually made me a lot of money by using the service. And that was like, I was like, wow, that's really a big deal. And as you and your listeners know, it's even a bigger deal now with all these aggregators. Because every time you sell a business, if you're not auditing, even if it's $20,000 or 1000 and that becomes five or 10 or 50 or 100, it's free money on the table. Either you get it or you don't. You know, we work with I mean, a lot that's, of aggregators. That's what I, yeah, that's what I love about Katita. And, and what I love and what I'm, what I'm jealous of is the simplicity and, and the realness of your value prop. It's it's yeah. it's like, dude, you you spend a little bit of money with us, where we're making money on on us on our SaaS, and you're getting X amount of money back, and it's yeah. it's, it's a crazy, um, awesome value prop, and it's just wild as well that you know this whole business can be grown out of. At the end of the day, Amazon just being a dick towards their their their, their customers, like they, you know they they're not they're not yeah. they're not being customer centric towards sellers right there. They they're taking the short term vision of trying to make as much cash out of us and and, yeah. and, and not 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 really solving that problem, you know. Which which we well, yeah. right rightly or wrongly is it's 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 quite fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think about it all the time. I appreciate that. So <laughs> so yeah. So so that's what obviously drew me to it because I saw the impact. I saw the need. Again, there's a huge seller market growing crazy every day. Most sellers, I would say 60 plus percent, whether they're doing a million or a hundred million, they don't even know still to today, despite some of my education efforts and Yonis, they don't even know this is a thing, that Amazon makes a mistake. And then they don't even know that you could tell them they're wrong. They're like afraid. And then they don't even know how to do it. So as, I, as Yoni says, like, you should audit, you should try, you should do best you can. We have a solution. So it's a software and a service. The software finds a lot of the challenging issues and, 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 and discrepancies. And then we have a whole service team that actually files claims. So it's a solution. Software plus service. You need both. Right? You have uh, yeah, Refund I think that Genie. Was a that was a genius move, yeah. You have Genie, Genie, you have tools. Yeah, you have tools that tell you the problem. But then you open the claim and you don't have the basis. So when Amazon tells you you're wrong, you don't know what to say or you don't have the document. Mm. So we're building technology and we're working on it not just for basic claims, but for inbound or you name it, where we could scale with all of our customers that you could submit documents or packing slips or whatever it is at scale. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the money is in these tedious functions that we don't sell or shouldn't do because it's just not worth their time and effort. And that's all that we do. It sounds a little boring, but it's quite rewarding. And that's kind of what drew me to it. So just back to my story a bit, I decided to kind of invest in the company and be the CEO. It was like pretty, pretty intense. Um, but it's it's been fun and you know we've been growing and it's really uh, rewarding because to your point it's a good value but it's also helping sellers or partners like you and just really adding value. Maybe, maybe we'll come up with some other tools and services focused around you know finance and that's kind of how it happened. If you'd like to engage with experts like this plus a bunch of other Amazon sellers, check us out in our private Facebook group Amazon Seller Network. Subscribe there and join the community. Just quickly, because I'm, I'm sure there's people listening now who are going, like, John, you need to ask about Prosper. Like, how how, how did that happen? Um, you know, uh, were, were you the original um, kind of uh, conceptual person in in creating that event? Um, and then you guys owned it for maybe like one or two years and then sold it? Is that, yeah. that, that must have been a pretty wild ride in itself, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a really long story, but briefly, uh, I wasn't the. <laughs> 
only founder. There was a bunch of others. Yeah. Um, and I, I was a part of it. I had messed it a bit, but basically we, we were at some shows in 2015, 2016, like a channel advisor show. There were some shows that are mostly biased or, you know, slanted towards the company. And we're like, like, why is there no show? There's such a movement. Like, how do we do this? So we decided to create a show with value and content and good speakers. And we thought, maybe, you know, the money will hopefully come or at least we'll add a lot of value and easier said than done. So again, James Thompson, who was the, the, the pioneer, like really, sure. he was actually one of my Amazon reps back in the day. So I knew him from then and we stayed close and whatever, but he, um, he runs an agency now, but he was really the spearhead and had a bunch of other guys. And really I worked on getting some of the vendors on board and getting sellers. It was very hard to get vendors to pay any money. Then it was like very different than now. We had an event in Salt Lake and then Emerald Expo, which is the company that bought it, to your point, in 2018, a very big public trade show company wanted us to kind of co-locate with AST, which is a wholesale show in Vegas, just so they can kind of like date before we got married. We probably should have kept ownership because it's really big now and great. But as you know, like it's not, not enough time. We just didn't have enough time to run one or two businesses plus a show. It's like not kind of not fair. So yeah. we decided to sell it. Um, because just it's not wasn't scalable for the for the owners. Doesn't it may not not been the best business decision, but honestly, it wasn't my decision. It wasn't your core uh, focus as well, right? So yeah. no, not at all. It was just another exactly. thing. But the truth is, we made a little money there. But the, we made some money there. But the the relationships I have from the show, mm. from meeting all the vendors like Katita, for example, that I'm working with now, or felt you know people like yourself, or all like it's, it was so impactful. And mm-hmm. I know so many people who some are still or some are not still in the game, sellers, vendors, investors, marketers, press, like it's unbelievable experience for me. And really, really, um, I'm really appreciative for that. Um, so that's, that's the short, awesome. the short person. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm, I'd love to be part of uh, part of some of those conversations, but you know, it, that's it. I mean, it's such a cool industry and, and being, connected at, at the right level, I think is, is a huge um, asset, you know, um, for, for now and for future. Um, so, so let's, let's talk about going into next year and, and um, you know, I, I think high level, everyone, everyone kind of understands, especially our listeners in terms of creating a true business and, and growing a, a proper business. Um, you know, they, they understand, cause I'm always on about them about like, you know, everyone, don't be the naysayer, you know, like, yes, it is more competitive in a lot of ways, especially amazon.com, but there's also a massive, massive opportunity because it's just so scalable and it's, and it's so big. But um, for those people who are, you know, dabbling in, in, in Amazon or maybe launched one or two products or, or looking to do it, like what, what is your kind of like high level thoughts on, on where the opportunity lies going into next year or, or where they should focus, what they should do. Um, You're saying people so, who are already selling or like new, new, I think people who are selling or, or maybe then they're not, they're not completely successful yet. They're not truly scaling. Um, and, and they're looking to really put more focus into it next year. Or those people who are, who aren't yet selling on Amazon, like what's the approach um, or, or yeah. the opportunity or, or advice? Yeah, so, so similar to what I said before, I think you would agree. Like it's not, a hobby and there's no such thing as passive income you can't just like mm-hmm. sell at night and it's not like you know stocks which also doesn't work part-time like you need to invest in it like a business and if you think it's like a joke or cute like there's businesses selling for hundreds of millions of dollars that are just literally amazon brands it's like it's kind of insane to me again when i sold like that wasn't even a thing and now it's like <laughs> i was telling uh, someone like I-, I used to tell my friends what i what i did 
and they would like think it was funny or they would thought I worked for Amazon. Like they just didn't get it. Right. And now you're reading the wall street journal every day about all these brands being bought and like something you know, like, Oh, now we know what you do. It's such a crazy trajectory. So that means it's great. Like even though there's so much competition, so much more room because the market's huge at the same time, as you know, better than me, there's like, it's very difficult to compete. So one of the things I like to say is, first of all, focus, treat it as a real business. You have to work really hard. You're going to fail. There's no overnight fixes. You can't just watch a podcast from some guru and, and, and make a billion dollars. Like It doesn't work like that. And Amazon always changes their rules and policies. So you rank this way and then it changes. Like It's super hard, much harder than it was. At the same time, there's still opportunity. I think it's important to find the right product, something that you care about and that you're passionate about, not just something that sells well, but you don't really care about whatever shampoo. I think that you have no passion about it. I'm very into like niche, as you know, from my background, like find things that are not done well yet. All these industries that haven't been disrupted, like plumbing or car parts or you name it, that are very hard to do because there's so many variables or even apparel. If you could do that well, um, that's very opportunistic. There's only a certain window. I think, I think within 10 years, everything will be online, like everything. But right now there's a lot of sub industries and products that are not. Those are ones that are good to focus on if you haven't started or if you want to diversify. But again, if you're already in it, it's kind of just regular business suggestions. Stay focused, look at your profits, uh, have a vision, have a business plan. Why are you going to sell? What's the point of your business? Where is it going? What, what is the point of everything? Um, um, and don't treat it as a hobby, like treat it as a business. If you do, that's not a guarantee, but you, you could probably do pretty well. And I've heard some insane stories of growth. I mean, people are starting businesses and selling in three years for like seven figures. It's like unheard of. I think it's a bubble as well. I think it's not going to last uh, to the extent it is, but it that doesn't mean there's still not, not still opportunity. It just means that like, it's a bit, a bit crazy now. I'm sure you have your thoughts on that, but those are my, uh, those are my advice points. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the opportunity to, to, to create a scalable uh, business that can change your life is bigger now than it was last year, you know, and, and, and even the yeah. year before, um, you know, you, you have, you have to think about it. You have to be more smart about your approach, but I mean, you have this like debt financing across these aggregators of huge amount of cash that they just literally can't distribute. You know, they can't deploy it because they haven't found enough brands yeah. or whatever. They, they're just hungry to buy your brand that you start right now that you can sell in two years, two and a half years for seven figures. You know, uh, that opportunity is real. It's a delayed gratification and, and it is a focus and you've got to put the work in, but yeah. it is absolutely there. And we have all the, we have all the education. We have the processes. There's no excuse not to do that and, 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 and get it right. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, right. and, and, and the wonderful thing about that as well is that like, um, you know, as competitive as .com gets, all the other marketplaces that Amazon is just crushing in, Australia being one right now, um, there's huge opportunity. It's going back to 2016. You can, I know people who've launched products on that and they're like, oh, just put, as a warm up, put this up. And, you know, it had, you know, mistakes on the product and whatever. And I'm still the best seller in this category. I'm doing great. Yeah. It's going to grow. It's, it's, it's not at the just, beginning um, of that. By the way, it's not just, and it's not just Amazon. I mean, everyone's like, oh, diversify, oh, D2C, Shopify. But like, I spoke to uh, this company I'm, I'm trying to guide a bit. Like they, they do e-com in South America. E-com in South America, uh, I think in China on Singles Day, they did like 80 billion. That's the market of South America in one year. But clearly, you know, there's wealthy countries, there's poor countries, but like it's going to happen. So four or five, six, seven years. But if you're selling on Mercado or Amazon, whatever, like 
there's 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 contents that have not been touched. So you got to be in early, and, and I also did that when I grew a lot in Europe, and something's worked and something didn't. But yeah, it's not just product; it's market and platform, and most of them are not great compared to Amazon. It's true, but they'll get there. So that's super exciting to me. It, it may take five, ten years, but like this is like the glory days. We'll look back and be like, remember when like e-commerce was a thing, right? Our kids or grandkids are going to like not even know what we're talking about but this is like the gold rush times who knows what again you need to work really hard but the opportunities are there absolutely and and you know if you can cut your teeth on dot com uh you know you yeah. go to these other markets and you're like okay well i'm building now for the future and and, and they just at that beginning i mean it just even amazon india right now like it's i don't know it's like e-commerce is three percent or something you know it's, it's tiny and they have the biggest population in the world and that's gonna that is changing yeah. um, and, just a little a little bit yet for you that i think you'll appreciate i have a friend who actually is israeli but he does a lot of work on alibaba and china and all that mm. and i asked him how how come these chinese sellers and factories are so good right obviously there's spam and there's like all the, the bad things you read about it but how are these chinese sellers so freaking good they don't have John, they don't have these courses. Like, wh- wh- who are these people? He's like, Eitan, you don't understand. Alibaba is much bigger than Amazon. They have less, much less overhead. It's so sophisticated. These guys have been doing it for 10 years at a high level. So Amazon.com to them is like easy. They are like, you know, like warriors. So like, yeah, there's games here and there. They're, they're much more advanced. Like, it's a really interesting thing because if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. How could a factory that maybe used to sell to someone that decides to sell direct through an agency, obviously some of them fail, but how could they be 48% of the Amazon market? How? And how are they so good and so pivoting so and, and pivot so fast? Because Alibaba like had this revolution like four or five years ago. So to your point, it, for, for us, it's .com. For them, it's Alibaba. Now they just take whatever they learned and they apply it and it doesn't always work. But I don't know, to me that was, I don't know if you ever heard that concept, that, that, that that's why they're so successful. I yeah, I mean, cool. it, it makes sense because, you know, they're also so competitive on price in Alibaba, et cetera, that they need to find other ways to make their margins in the distribution supply chain, et cetera. So they're yeah. so much more sophisticated. You know, if you think about like how, how the hell are the Chinese getting product to the USA and still being able to sell it at that amount? It's not just because they, they, the actual manufacturing cost is low. It's because their whole supply chain, they've, they've got like networks and ways yeah, of figuring that exactly. shit out that yeah. we don't even have a concept sure, on. Right. Right That's, yet, you know? I was talking about the, the marketing side. Yeah, the logistics side is also yeah. a different level. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, they're warriors, you know, because they, they have to pe- compete with that little margin and how do they figure that out? So yeah. then they come to .com and they're like, oh, wait, I can triple my margin and no one even it's, it's yeah it's, it's yeah. easy for them yeah for sure um awesome to have you on uh really really Thanks. good to to get your your story and um sure. i'm excited for Gitita. i'm excited for uh the, probably the other 10 ventures that you're thinking about at the moment <laughs> on the side and, and what what comes up in the next few years Thank so you. uh okay. yeah good to have you on and uh how do, how do people get in touch with you obviously uh Gitita is a great um service yeah. and, and and to your point i think where Katita stands out is a, is a software and a service um, and, and you have a passion for, for sellers. So, you know, especially in this area of reimbursements, um, the, the service side is, is really critical. Yeah. So, so what, what, what are so you guys could, Yeah, thank you. Um, you could email me. It's just Eitan, E-Y-T-A-N at Katita, G-E-T-I-D-A.com. Uh, you could hit me on LinkedIn. You could hit me on Facebook. I'm pretty accessible. I like to help people. I like to, like to talk. So feel free. Thanks for having me, John. It was really fun. And uh, appreciate it. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, 
Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts and subscribe today to check out all of our other episodes.